Um, we start a new parasha uh, this week, uh, and it's Yitro. Um, uh, we'll start with um, um, the reading of the first verse. And you know what? We might not even get out of the first verse. That's how, <laughs> that's how amazing... Yeah. So that's how amazing, you know, um, the, um, the level of inter- interpretation in the Zohar is, where I think we're going to pretty much stay in, in the first verse. And I'll go ahead and start reading it since it's so simple. Um, uh, Jethro, the minister of Midian, the father-in-law of Moses, uh, heard everything that God did to Moses and Israel, his people, that Hashem had taken Israel, Israel out of Egypt. Okay, and that's the first verse of, of uh, oh, for those of you guys that don't know where um, the Parashot Yitro is, it's chapter 18 of Exodus. Everybody got it? Okay, cool. So who was Yitro? You know, it, it, it tells us there in the beginning, he was, it tells us, right, right it tells us two things. He was uh, the father of, uh, the, the uh, father-in-law of Moses, and then, um, he was also the uh, the minister of Midian, you know. So, you know, what does that mean, the minister of Midian? You know, um, we know that he was uh, the the chief. You can say the chief of um, of the. Uh, he was an idolater, and you can say he was the chief of the idolaters. I guess you can say. Um, so that that's who he was, and of course he was the uh, the father the father-in-law of Moses. It's raining pretty hard out there. Um, all right, and then what happened to Yitro when he talked to Moses? Because does anybody remember? Uh, Moses told him about the the awesome the miracles that um, Hashem had had done in the from the Exodus from um, from Egypt, and um, in in uh, Yitro's um, interior, something got stirred up in there. And he uh, became a Jew. He, he actually converted. You know, it was um, that thing that he needed to hear that would, you know, make him, you know, leave his idolatrous ways and, um, and become, um, become a monotheist. You know, we know that uh, that's the belief in one, one God. You know, um, uh, he became a monotheist. He didn't believe anymore in whatever the idolatries. I'm not sure exactly what he would... He was, um, idol- you know, uh, idolizing. I mean, it could have been the, uh, the, the planets. It could have been, you know, statues. It could have been, you know, man. But uh, he basically left that, um, which was an awesome thing. So the, um, the Zohar talks about that the first um, <coughs> verse here, that where it says that he heard everything that God did to Moses and to Israel, his people, um, that Hashem had taken Israel out of Egypt. The word God right there, the uh, Zohar interprets it as Elohim. Elohim. I'm going to say Elohim, but it's um, the, pr- the proper pronunciation. You put a, an H in there or a, or a hey, and it's um, in, instead of the, the K. So Elohim... He heard that everything that Elohim did to Moses and to Israel, his people. So what does that mean, Elohim? I know for, you, for those of you guys that do a lot of studying, um, you guys may know what it is. But I'm going to write the name down. Richard, can you, um, can you pan the, um, the camera? 
I'm kind of a, a big, you know, visual guy. If I if I'm not doing something in PowerPoint, I'll do it in, you know, uh, writing it out. But I just didn't have the time to do a PowerPoint. But I'm going to keep it simple. Um, so we're going to concentrate on the name Elohim, right? Um, and uh, let me write this down here. That way you guys can, can see what I'm, what I'm talking about. I think that's the way you... Okay. Now, the Torah in Genesis 6.6, 6, and if, if you want to, you can turn there. If not, I got it up here. In Genesis 6.6, 6, um, it talks about that I am Hashem, and I shall take you out of... Uh, out from under the burdens of Egypt, I shall rescue you from your service, from their service, and I shall redeem you with the outstretched arm and with great judgments. For those of you guys that have the uh, the Stone Edition, if you look over to the right, the bottom right hand side, the lower, where it says God's names, okay, um, as in well known, God's various names represent different ways in which He reveals Himself. So that the names used here represent differing ways in which God revealed himself to the patriarchs and to Moses. Moses had had, had the revelation of Hashem, God's highest manifestation. Do we know the highest level of manifestation of God's name that God revealed to, uh, to Moshe here? He's talking about another name. And uh, this one I'm going to spell a little bit different, too. And I, hopefully I can make Yud, K, Vav, K. I think that's how you, you would spell it if, um, if you don't want to put the haze in there. Okay? So we know that God revealed it to Moses. And, and here he said, I'm gonna, Hashem said, I'm going to get you out of there. Um, where in, um, in Yitro, you know, he basically says Elohim. So what does, what is the difference between those two names? I lost my place here. So we have to know that, that in the Zohar, Elohim, Elohim um, relates to his creation. Anything that you can touch, anything that you can Feel, you know, everything around us uh, is related to Elohim. So basically, Yitro saw, I mean, or heard of the miracles that uh, Elohim did. All, all the, the the visuals, I guess you can say, because you know Moses Moses told him what. But um, but what is Yudke Vavke? You know, you know that's a, another. Uh, uh, Form of that's the highest form that uh, that God revealed Himself to um, to Moses here in Genesis six six, and that relates to the soul, the soul, the divine essence that gives life to everything that is that is creation, uh, the material, the material. Um, you know when um, I'm in, I guess you can say I'm in construction, and I, I know that I bring this up a lot, but. Um, a few years ago, there was a, uh, we were doing a big project, and there was kind of an ongoing argument about um, kind of who's in charge. Because I'm in a, what they call project controls. We, we control the project. We, um, 
we basically plan and the construction people execute. So, you know, I can still hear the words of uh, one of my coworkers. He said, no, I plan, you execute. And, uh, and you know, and they were going back and forth. But, but this is basically what the, the Yudke Vavke, in this case, here... This is more of a, like a planning, and this is execute. No, no. I mean, there's still there's a the diff, yeah, different attributes and in, in how, and as I read in um in the uh, in the Kumash, there's different ways that God, different names of God, and um, those that study the Zohar know how different attributes of what how God reveals Himself. And, and in, in the name Elohim, he reveals himself as the physical, as the creation, as the, as the nature, right, as creation. So in the, uh, in the Yudke Vavke, he reveals himself as the soul. Think of it this way. Elohim is me, this body that, I, that you see right now, and my soul is a Yudke Vavke. Okay, and other examples would be, you know, um, a subordinate at your work or at your job or a, and, and a boss. The subordinate would be the execute, you know, exec, executor, the one that executes, and then the boss would be the planner, the one that tells you, hey, you know, go uh, build you know, a house or whatever. Um, so that, that's what that would be, kind of like the brain. You know, the brain would be the yudke vodke, um, and the, uh, the feet would be, you know, the uh, elokim. Okay? So... Here, who gives the orders? Who executes? And, and we kind of just went over that. But the point is that that it wasn't until um, Yithro actually um, found himself knowing and uh, taking himself out of the the Elohim, out of the natural world, and following and knowing of Yudke Vavke that he actually repented and moved away from his idolatry. And another um, way of, of putting this, and it, it's the Zohar, it's really, um, they, they, call it, they call it, there's a lot of um, engineering. There's a lot of, uh, uh, I know Richard has a name for it. You know, he, there's a lot of, um, it, it, at work where I'm at, we do a lot of drawings and a lot of, uh, well, we run pipelines and stuff also. And as I was telling Richard that some of those pipelines actually look, and it's real, a lot of engineering, it looks like some of the drawings that, um, that, that are in Kabbalah. So, so it's, it's uh, a lot of um, um, divine engineering, um, Torah engineering, as, as you can say. So I'm trying to put it, you know, a, a technical term into something that you guys would understand. Okay? What's visual? Right. More visual than anything else, right? And I've I got my um, my um, notes here. <laughs> All right. What's that? I missed it. Oh, okay. So, I guess in other words, you can say that um, um, you know who provokes the miracle. You, you, the Yudke Vavke, and um, who executes the miracle? Elohim. Okay? So Elohim is a tool of the Yudke Vavke. Of Yudke Vavke. 
Okay. Okay, another way you can write this is, is two lines. You know, we've got a horizontal line here. Sorry, Richard, I'm moving around a lot. I know you. And then we've got another line here, correct? Okay. Now, here's the horizontal. And this would be the, the vertical, I guess. Okay. Now, when we live in just nature, and when we live in just knowing this world, we live in the horizontal, which is the Elohim here. And that's what basically Yitro was doing. He was living in the physical. He had no idea of the, the Yudke Vavke, which uh, would be over here on this side. So, a lot of us, you know, that's what we do. We, we basically um, live in the physical. I know that's, you know, that's what I did whenever, you know, I, before I met, um, you know, before I started t studying Torah, you know, we were, um, um, we were more of looking, uh, when I was in college, the thing that I wanted to do was, you know, get out of college, you know, become a CEO, make crazy amounts of money. And it was that was in my head, and I thought I was going to do it. But then reality hit me. I graduated, and I couldn't find a job. <laughs> so, um, so then uh, it took me a while, and it wasn't what I wanted, but I had to take it. Um, but, you know, and then, you know, we want, um, you know, the nice house. We want, you know, that, um, that, that other, um, you know, person that completes us. And, but we don't, and we don't understand, you know, why... We kind of go through things, so so we're li basically living in the um, in the physical, and um, and actually I didn't put physical here. I should have put physical. Go and this could be the work, you know, and that could be the material. So, Yitro found himself living that way, okay, living in that area, but then when. He came to the knowledge of um, of Yudke Vavke. Then he went from here, and in this world here, and in this level, you have no idea about this here. You know, this this kind of just disappears. That just kind of disappears. So you don't know what's going on. You just know that that you know it's what you want, and you know you try to fix things your own way, and. You know, you, you work harder because you don't have any money. You, you know, you do all these things because, you know, that's what you know. You know, you don't have a revelation of, of the Yudke Vavke, okay? So that other one just kind of goes away. So, so the revelation to Yitro about the, um, the Yudke Vavke, you would put this here, and this is the vertical. So, and that's the soul, that is, that is the, um, the lifeblood, that is the, uh, the soul of the body, that is the, the planner, that is the one that, that gives the orders. Um, th you know that there is somebody, um, uh, that it's not me that controls this world, it's not me that determines, you know, I, don't, I do not rely on myself, I rely on this, the, the divine uh, spark the divine soul that is that is above me. 
So once Yitro came to that realization, he came to the realization of knowing Yudke Vavke. Okay. And he discovered that uh, the Yudke Vavke gives uh, directions to the Elohim. Okay. So the natural forces can obey uh, uh, the Yudke Vavke or they can act in automatic pilot. When we when we act in the lower realm there, there's a lot of automatics that kind of happen to us. You know, we, we, we say, man, why is this happening to us? You know, but we don't, and we don't know why, why it's happening. It's kind of like an autopilot kick, kicks in. You know, we, we don't know why these things, why we're we going through these things. Kind of like the wind. You, you ever heard of, a, of, you know, just wherever the wind takes me? That's, uh, that's not good. That's operating in that, in that bottom realm there. Wherever the sailboat goes, you know that the sailboat can go upwind, can go reverse. You imagine, you know, being able to ride a wind and going the opposite way that, that it wants to take you. And, and that's when the Yudke Vavke comes in. Um, and, and once we know, you know, where the, the, why, you know, once we know who's kind of doing things, you know, we can, um, we could, we have that source, the Yudke Vavke. Um, okay, so uh, when you activate the Yudke Vavke, the spiritual world, we no longer let the natural world run us on automatic pilot. We um, disengage the uh, the autopilot and we take the controls of our lives um, and this world. Okay, we almost metamorphose into something else. Um, I know that um, in, in, um, in just talking to my wife and stuff, there's a lot of things that, that I don't want to, you know, um, that I don't bring up from the past because, you know, I'm, I'm metamorphosed into something different. I'm not that person anymore. So it, it takes us to a, to a whole different level. So the, um, and I know I, I said this before, but the, Yithro, when he was an idolater, he lived in the, the bottom level. Once he he uh, converted and, and knew the knowledge of, of, of Hashem. He basically started operating in that. So, how do we do this this conver- this conversion? You know what happens? How do how do we um how do we take control of of you know how to make how do we make this uh, metamorphosis? From going from that bottom one to to the top, anybody? Any suggestions? Any any ideas? You know, study Torah, study Torah. You, you right? The, right. There's uh, giving up control of yourself. You know, there's the number one study of Torah. You know, you know who 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 do we know that is in control? Hashem. What do we do? We do meditation, prayer. You know, and once we 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 do that, you can see. The results of um, of going from that autopilot to you know something that that um, that that uh, from um, the autopilot to something else that um, that we have control of, of. Okay. All right. So we talk about Yitro living in that in the Elohim. Where was Moses coming from and in the people of Israel when they met up with Yitro? Uh, I mean, they were coming from Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, Egypt, 
was basically the same. There's, they had the same knowing as Yitro because they were living in the same way. They were li- living in the, the natural. They were living. They had Elohim, but they didn't have the higher state. Okay, so so because they were under the laws of nature, you know, and Yudke Vavke was revealed to to Moses. You know, it, it kind of makes you wonder who was really the boss back then. You know, um, and, and we know that. Um, that Moshe and the children of Israel were above, above just the natural world. They were living in the, uh, the Yudke Vavke. Okay? So, so for the same reason, they were able to, to defeat and, and be able to, to get out of Egypt by, um, by having God being revealed to them as in the Yudke Vavke and not relying on just as the Egyptians and Pharaoh um, um, relied on, which was the um, the uh, the natural world. So, I'm gonna I'm kind of following with the uh, the Zohar, and I'm gonna get into um, something a little bit different, and um, and then being in that state of um, of the UK Vavke, that's why Aaron, uh, when he would bless, uh, he would uh, put the right hand over the uh, the left hand, and uh, anybody know why? I'm sure there's a few scholars that that have been the the right hand above the left hand when when there's a prayer or when Aaron was praying, um, and there's uh, there's uh, a great you know uh, revelation or secret here that um, you always put the right hand over the left because uh, the right hand represents the UK Vavke, which represents the soul, the divine essence, where the the lower hand. Um, where the lower hand um, reveals the the natural state, the, the the material. So you always want, you know, the divine to rule over and to to um, over the lower state of just nature. So that's why you know he he basically when he prayed. And there's a lot of us. Um, if if you start looking, there's a lot of um, righteous people that that will do that. And um, and there there there's a lot of power in raising of the hands. I know I came from, um, before, you know, a few years ago, I came from uh, a place where, you know, there was a lot of raising of the hands. And, uh, and studying uh, the Zohar, it's amazing what, what the raising of the hands do. And we're going to go a little bit into that because um, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's in this parashah here in the Zohar. Um, so, so we would definitely want uh, the, uh, the spiritual to dominate the physical. Um, and like we, like I said earlier, the physical is only a, a tool of the spiritual. Um, and when is the physical a marvel? You know, when the spiritual gives orders to the physical, uh, the physical uh, obeys the directions of the soul. You ever hear of the, uh, there was a, a boss that I used to have. He was um, on that same note that um, the uh, the construction workers were going were trying to. Uh, to run the project, he would say, we're not going to let the, the tail wag the dog. Uh, so, uh, and this was years and years ago. But basically, you know, the, when, um, when we let, you know, the lower, you know, take control and take control of our lives, good things don't happen, you know. So, um, so yeah, so definitely. Um, Okay, yeah, if your soul uh, directs your life, then your life is uh, in harmony. 
Okay, if your uh, body physical, body slash physical direct your life and excludes your soul um, and all the of the spiritual, your life uh, turns into chaos, uh, and that's pretty much you know a fact. I mean, it's kind of like period. You know, there's a lot of you know we we think about you know what you know we're, this world is is come to, um, but you know we're not relying on. You know, Hashem. You know, we rely, we rely on ourselves to uh, to get you know things done. All right, let's talk about the hands again. I know I brought up the hands, but um, but this parashah has uh, d- devotes a lot to the um, to the um, to the hands. The Zohar states that the hands are only lifted to bless and should not be raised. In emptiness, into in vain, which is an amazing thing because, um, um, you know, I, off the top of my head, I can think of and in and, and studying this, um, who do you, in history who who do we know a people or a group um, not too long ago, right? That the Nazis exactly that would raise their hand to salute for no reason. So um, um, he that lifts the hands in vain, he brings himself curses. And this is, you know, this is not me talking. This is straight out of the Zohar. So a lot of this stuff, stuff you know, it sounds really, um, but, you know, it, it's a lot, a lot of times we wonder why, you know, we go through life suffering. And, and, but, you know, it's, it's these things that, that, are, that, are, that are hidden in Torah that we know nothing about. And then we just kind of, you know, fall and trip. We go through life blind. But, uh, but I'm going to read a, a couple of um, ex- excerpts from the... Um, from where it talks about that. So, um, yeah, give me a second. I've got several books up here, so I'm going to switch over. Okay. All right. And uh, it devotes several pages to it, but I'm just going to hit the, the high points. Um, and then just kind of give you a, a understanding of what the raising of the hands means. Okay. Um, and Aaron lifted his hands. This is in Viacra, uh, chapter nine twenty-two. His hands is spelled without yud. This meaning one hand only. And this is the reason one should lift his uh, right hand above the left hand. And we have already explained th- this already. I found in the book of, the, of King Solomon, um, everyone who desires to raise his hands upwards without any prayer or request in them, that means, you know, for no reason, okay, will be cursed, uh, and it talks about by ten um, pentatates. I'm not, I think I had looked that up before several weeks ago, but um, totally forgot what that was, Okay. All right, these uh, ten penitates are designated for those who, s- who spread their hands upwards to receive this prayer or that blessing or to bestow upon them powers through which the holy name is exalted and blessed from, above, from below. When the name is blessed from below through the spreading of the hands upwards, it is then receives blessing from above, thus it is exalted from all sides. The ten appointed Pentatets are uh, there to receive the blessings from above and propel them 
below to bless those who are deserving of these blessings, and it is written, I will bless them. Consequently, man must be careful that at the time when he uh, raises his hands upwards, they are raised in prayer, in blessing, or in entreaty. And he must not raise his hands idly, since those ten penitents are readily are ready and are roused towards the spreading of the hands. And if it is in vain, these ten will curse. Okay, I think that's it. it keeps going and going, but so that's pretty uh, amazing. That uh, it, in this parish, it talks about the hands. Uh, there's great power, and like I said, um, um, we study with uh, a gentleman out of uh, Spain, and um, from what he uh, says, that um, all the the great uh, students of, of Zohar, you know, are very careful as when to their, they raise their hands, and they only raise their hands when they're they're um, uh, blessing, asking for blessing in prayer. And, um, so, so and it's it's kind of you know, uh, kind of different than what we were just talking about, but it's in the parish, so I, so I wanted to bring it up. Any questions on that? Um, you know, you can always give, you can always shake a hand, you know, and, and, and then that's, it's kind of, that is even kind of um, um, where it's, I wouldn't say shake you, that's kind of funny. Uh, you can shake a hand, but the palm represents the soul. You ever heard that? Hear that? And the bottom, I mean, and the back of the, um, of the hand represents the body. So what happens in the old days when, when, um, when a handshake was all that was needed, you know, for business and for somebody? And even now, what does a handshake represent? I mean, not to the extent that it used to be back, you know, several, I don't know, 100 years ago or maybe even less, but it meant a lot. You basically unite your, your, your both souls are kind of coming together. So what happens when you don't like somebody? What, do you, what don't you want to do with them? Shake their hand. So literally, um, the the this, the the hand, um, when it is shaken, it, it is it comes with. For the same reason, you know, it, it's not recommended to to shake a you know a woman's hand. You know, if you know that's why you see a lot of you know, uh, people, a lot of um, rabbis and a lot of that they won't you know do it. Um, so it's it's an amazing thing that um, that we. Um, that uh, that we have um, the Zohar. Does everybody know what Zohar, what Zohar is? Um, I know I know I'm kind of I, I should have explained it in the beginning, but uh, I see some people nodding. I mean, going like this. So uh, I'm going to go into a brief explanation of it. Um, the Zohar it, it, it basically means splendor. Um, about two thousand years ago, there was a, a rabbi by uh, Shimon Bar Yochai, his son. Um, and about three other pupils that were persecuted by the, um, by the Romans, um, and they went in, into hiding. And as, as we know, at, at about that time, there was a lot of persecution of, of a lot of Siddiquim. Uh, uh, Rabbi Akiva, you know, fell to a horrible death. Um, so, um, so they were in a cave for 13 years, and he put, it in a, he put the Zoh- the, um, uh, these writings into... Um, uh, what they call the Zohar in physical writing in uh, in thirteen years and um, it's it 's the mystical teaching of the Torah it is the soul of the Torah 
Um, it, it takes the Torah to the sod level, which is the highest level of interpretation. Um, and um, so it, it was um, concealed for several hundred years to about the 12th century when uh, Moses de Leon, Rabbi Moses de Leon, kind of started publishing it. Um, and, um, and it was time to, to put it out there. So um, uh, it, 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 um, it's basically a parashah by parashah, just like the commentary on, you know, on the Kumash that we have. Um, it's commentary on the, uh, the Torah. Uh, but, um, so it's, it's pretty you know, extensive. Um, so, so that's what it is, and, and um, I guess we can, you know, yes. So I was reading the other day that it was passed down, and it, it you know, started with Adam. Right. Right. It's been. And it was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and, and all the way down. The, the uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai put it into like a written form. Type of deal, right? And he was, um, and this sounds, you know, pretty. Um, and, and it's in the Zohar. It's part of the mystical teachings of, of Torah. Um, he was visited by um, the archangels. Um, he was visit, visited by Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu. He was visited by Eliyahu. Um, and um, you know, they, they talk about that um, he was transported to a celestial, you know, uh, classroom of Torah teaching. Um, so it, it it goes you know it, it goes back to to Adam it, uh, uh, the the thing that um, you know a few or maybe you know a while back it amazed me when I started studying this is that there was a book out there the Sefer Yitzira that uh, that uh, Adam wrote which is an amazing book um, so it's like man where's all this stuff where where has all this stuff been it's not a long book is it? no it's not no right but. Uh, just like the just like the Zohar, you need um, um, somebody to interpret it because they're real mystical. You cannot just sit down and say, "Well, I'm going to learn it," because you know it's passed down. The knowledge is passed down from from you know Zadikim to you know down to his pupils and stuff like that. So so that's what the Zohar is. Um, uh, sorry to go kind of off, but any more questions? Did we have, did I answer your question or did did I give you a good and well her over there. <laughs> you did okay. Um, so it's um, uh, it's an amazing thing, and, and I kind of went off uh, notes, but let me see if I can get back on track here. All right, so we talked about the um, the handshakes, and we talked about um, about never lifting the hands in in vain, um, and about the palm of the hand and what it represents. In other ways, in another thing uh, that I have here is it's about you're kind of exposing the nakedness of your soul if you kind of, you know, keep flashing uh, according to the Zohar. So, um, so yeah. Keep flashing what? The palm. Whoa. The palm of your hand. In, in <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. But I clarified it. All right. <laughs> what was it the other one? <laughs> All right, so, so if, we, if we go back to... Um, if we go back to, um, all right, I thought I was going to make it short, but I guess we, we keep going. Um, if we go back to um, uh, the Exodus from Egypt, you know, we, we can see that Hashem started to inv- inflict uh, uh, peril, Pharaoh uh, until he actually uh, came to the knowledge of uh, the existence of God. 
you know, the ten plagues, and literally, you know, he basically, you know, he, he came to the realization that, hey, this is for real. There is somebody there. All right, we can say that uh, the Pharaoh is, is the representation of Elohim without a soul. Okay, and that's the, the bottom part that, that we were talking about. And it, it's um, um, pretty interesting here. Uh, I'm going to skip down to that just because um, I want to. I know that um, Rod's got another teaching that he's got to give, but I'm going to go to an interesting portion, an interesting part that that talks about Yitro and him being the chief of idolaters and how when you convert or when the chief of something basically, you know, like in his case, converts from idolatry and how his underlings typically go down and they follow and they convert also. Um, so I'm going to skip to that real quick. Okay, here it goes. So, okay, you, you say that, uh, we say that Yitro was, um, you know, some of the uh, interpretations call him the chief, the chief idolater, the, the man that was in charge of, of idolatrism, I, I guess, I don't know if you would call that, but he was the chief idolaters. So, the Zohar states that when the chief of the idolaters falls, all the sub-chiefs also fall. So when Yitro converted, when he um, heard of all the, that God did, uh, the miracles uh, at the Exodus, all that were under Yitro also converted. So, so an interesting question comes into mind, you know, You can also say that it, uh, until a king converts, then his underlings also convert. Okay, and they recognize if it's you know converting over to um, to one god to monotheism, then you know his underlings kind of follow. So, uh, let me see. Let me go. I thought I was there, but I guess not. All right, here we go. And it kind of begs, begs you to, um, to think if the king or somebody in charge falls, it kind of makes you wonder what, who is the most powerful man today? Who is the most powerful country? Don't answer. And, but, <laughs> but, who's supposed to be? Right. But it, it kind of begs, and you can you know, relate this to where if the most powerful country in this world, um, or the or the person would recognize the God of Israel as, you know, all the other smaller nations would probably you know convert would convert according to the Zohar, but it it, it takes you know the the biggest and the baddest to um, to recognize it, and um, uh, so that was an interesting fact. I kind of skipped through a lot, but uh, but it, it it makes you you know think that you know. I think a few weeks ago, I was trying to figure out um, how close, and I think Richard, um, uh, I was going back and forth with Richard, about uh, how close, you know, we've had um, uh, a Jewish person, you know, how close has he gotten to being a president? Um, and actually, I, I think there was uh, some com- some people were commenting on who was and who may have not been and, and this and that. So when I seen this, I thought, man, this is a pretty pretty powerful thing. 
to, you know, we had leaders, a leader that would, um, leaders of, you know, the great armies or great countries that would acknowledge, you know, that it would be an awesome thing. Um, okay, I think I'm going to go ahead and finish it off here. I'll go ahead and open up to questions. Um, uh, the time flew. I don't even know if, I mean, literally it's 45 uh, after. Um, I want to give some time for question and answer.